Welcome to Ready Comics Roll, where each week we discuss a topic that involves video games, comics, tabletop, and all the other geeky things that we all love. So if you enjoy what you're listening to, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. He's no good to me dead. I'm Anthony. I'm just a simple man trying to make my way in the universe. I'm Mike. I'll take any job. For the right price. I'm John. And as we've discussed before, this is the month of Star Wars, and we're coming back at you with another Star Wars Complete Cast episode. And we're going to shoot first this time. There you go. <laughs> That's a good one right there. I like that. I mean, we all know Han shot first. Fuck anyone who says differently. It's too bad we don't have anybody here that can actually be like, but actually, you know, yeah, in the re-release no. of Star Wars. No, no, I don't care about the re-release. I don't care about the supposed intent of George Lucas about him always being, you know, the, the hero. You cut the it the way you the cut rough. it. And guess what? Yeah. That's history. Yeah, the, the, the original shot, no pun intended. No, fuck it. Pun intended. The original way that it was established was he was meant to be this morally ambiguous hero that kind of got into it. I will always argue the Han shot first argument, but the thing is, is in the original film version of the, of the movie, it's almost indistinguishable when you, when you aren't paying attention for it, because both of them get a shot off, but Han shot from under the table, which Greedo didn't see coming, so. I'm not trying to be CSI Miami here or anything like that, but realistically, when you look at the shot being fired, and then because of how Greedo's reaction was, and where the shot kind of fired, or where it finally hit, it's clear to tell that he was hit with a blaster before he basically gets his finger off the trigger, so his arm moves, thus firing just above, you know, the head. But we're not necessarily talking about that in specific. Today, we're trying to clearly talk about bounty hunters as a whole kind of a staple throughout the universe of star wars when you really look at it the job that is most sought after one way or the other for the price the bounty the ultimate glory that it is it's a bounty hunter okay bounty hunters throughout star wars in every single genre whether it's you know your tabletop games whether it's your video games, whether it's the movies, whether it's the comics, the bounty hunter has been a staple other than the Jedi and Sith. Well, technically, the bounty hunter, when you look at all current releases from Star Wars, the one thing that is almost constantly in everything is at least one bounty hunter. Even more so than there are Jedi in every... Like, they're... they're if you go for a one-for-one -one basis, like if you don't count the fact that there are multiple Jedi in multiple video games, and you only count it to like one Jedi per video game versus one Bounty Hunter per video game, I think Bounty Hunter wins. Only because in Bounty Hunter, I don't think there's a Jedi in Bounty Hunter. <laughs> well, aside from how often they're placed on one side or the other, I look at it this way. Jedi, Jedi and Sith are kind of, more or less, they're set in their path of what the story kind of details them to. Where a bounty hunter, you kind of have more free reign of what you're going to do with the story. Which is kind of why I'm really psyched about getting into um, more information about The Mandalorian. We know it's going to be about, you know, uh, an organization of people, because I don't want to say a race. If, mm -hmm. if you truly know The Mandalorian culture, so it's more of a culture... Uh, and, and everything that expand with Mandalorians, you know that one, yes, it's a very bounty hunter or warristic race, uh, or people, but it's not one set. Like, the newer stuff for Mandalorians is they're humanoid, but either way. So, Mandalorian, 
I think is going to be really cool to kind of dive into the culture. Um, I think it's going to be really cool to kind of see where they go off with this. And the fact that you have a character archetype in which it can go between one side to the other, playing one thing to the next... You're going for the biggest bounty. It's wherever the credits are, man. Exactly. But that, that's the thing, though. Like, you can make a very interesting mark because at that point in time, man, like, those who like Brawn from Game of Thrones, you're basically going to like something equivalent to the Mandalorian because it's just like, who's going to give me the biggest castle? Yeah. I'm going there. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think the the opportunity to really tell a good story is going to be there. And the funny thing is, is people usually look at bounty hunters as the bad guys, which is not necessarily true. They're actually, if you want to look at them from, you know, the We just of, know a lot of bad bounty hunters. Well, yeah, but you know what? Evil intent bounty hunters. Eh, yes and no. I, I really, the way I look at it is, it's just like D&D. They are true neutral. Like you said, they go for what's the highest price. It's just unfortunate the bad guys usually have the biggest pocketbook. Well... <laughs> To be fair, though, you look at someone, and, and we've kind of talked about this earlier, you have notable bounty hunters like uh, Cad Bane. Cad Bane and Boba Fett, okay? Cad Bane being mostly from the Clone Wars series, Boba Fett just being the almighty Boba Fett that he is. So w- when you come down to those characters, a lot of times they like to bring bounties in alive. Whether what it is here, there, and whatever, something like that. But then you have a character like uh, Aura Singh. And if I remember correctly, Aura Singh is noted for being one of the deadliest bounty hunters because she doesn't take chances. If she has a bounty on somebody, then she's going to take them out. It's it's not a, a whether she's going to bring them in dead or alive. It's going to be she's going to bring them in dead. So when you look at a lot of the bounty hunters that do something like that, who have the high kill count, you tend to go, hmm, they might be taking those questionable jobs instead of, like, the other stuff. And, I mean, even though, you know, Han, the movie Solo wasn't exactly great, it was a nice kind of nod that she's actually mentioned in it with uh, Woody Harrelson's character, which I don't remember, even though he was one of the more memorable characters, being the one that ultimately is the one that killed her. Just it to kind of establish... Movie, it just kind of... Just to kind of establish uh, how badass he was, because she was one of the most fiercest bounty hunters of her time. So for him to be able to get the one up on her and be able to take her out, that really that really says something. I just kind of want to mark this off really quick. Do, do, do you guys have a favorite bounty hunter or just one that's so notice, uh, notable to you that kind of calls out to it? Like I said, for me, it was Cad Bane. I, I really liked his character and how they drew him up. In the Clone Wars, I thought it being, I never was a fan of the Doros race back in the day. I mean, it's, it's one of the most classic alien style species known for being, you know, travelers and explorers and pilots and stuff like that. But to have this bounty hunter come in very handy, very like the stuff that he used, uh, you know, he also, he, I mean, he also doesn't really look like an atypical Doros because he's, he's extra skinny. Yes. Like a lot of times when you see, like, with a Skeletor. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Skeletor of Doros. Yeah. I'm going to collect this bounty. Yes. (laughs) Breakfast burrito. (laughs) I love breakfast, man. (laughs) That's why he's doing it for any price. I mean, if I have to pick one, I'm more than likely going to lean towards IG-88 just because he, one, he was the main, like, antagonist through most of one of my favorite games that ever came out, which was Shadows of the Empire. Mm -hmm. 
He was also a very good, like... He was one of those characters that they could throw in anywhere because he's a robot. He can fit into any timeline. He can show up anywhere at any time. So he's been multi-generational as well. He's We've seen him during Clone Wars. We've seen him in the... Um, Whenever they want to throw a really badass bounty hunter in there, they want to make sure that it's intimidating and they know that someone's going to be called a meatbag... Then they're going to throw in IG-88. Well, Meatbag is HK-47. But the IG-88 <laughs> was basically... He had the same sentiment. That's kind of what I mean. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but that was the thing. He, he he showed up in so many different games. Like, between the Dark Forces games, the... We brought this up Jedi last... Jedi Knight. Jedi Knight games. He Jedi showed, Knight he, series. Yep. He, he, was kind of, he was one of Kyle Katarn's... Oh, sorry, Jedi Outcast. Jedi, Jedi Outcast. He was Kyle Katarn's enemy. He was Dash Rendar's enemy. He was Dash Rendar. But that's why that's why I'm I'm agreeing with you on a certain front because IG88, as far back as I could remember, it's another one of those really intimidating, deadly characters that shows up in Star Wars. That you're like, okay, he's a bounty hunter and he's doing this for his wallet. But at the same time, though, like. This guy's going to wreck people. What does a robot need with credits anyways? Buy more robot toys? Yep. Right? He, he's avoiding those memory wipes so he knows what to spend his money on. All right. <laughs> Anthony, what about you? Uh, did, did you ever I, have or something that's notable? I, mean, I kind of feel like my, my answer is too mainstream, but the reason why... Boba. Yes, it's Boba, but not, Listen, not honestly, because though, of the movies, though. No, but the, the thing comics. is, though, so many people are a Boba Fett fan. So yeah, he's kind of the paragon, or the you know the the when you envision a bounty hunter, more often than not, you envision a Boba Fett. There's a reason. Yeah, he was kind of the mysterious badass in the movies up until he got bitched in Return of the Jedi, as. Mike so eloquently put it. Somebody just turned around and they hit his backpack and he just fell into the Sarlacc pit. He survived. He did. <laughs> and one of, one of my care. favorite things is the, the, the whole line of the Sarlacc found me it, indigestible. It, it doesn't even matter though. The thing is, what's, what's beautiful about that scene and what happens is you've established something there that they genetically happened and they brought it all the way back to going into the, the prequels. Well, which is basically Jango Fett has always been a klutz this guy is a clone of Django. therefore he naturally inherited the klutz gene exactly. so it doesn't matter what happens someone's gonna nudge him and guess what the klutz gene takes over i fall in but the guy's also a badass so he survives exactly my point so not only did he survive the sarlacc pit which i don't remember if they actually did that in the comics i think that was actually in one of the books but in the comics, he pulls some no, other... No, I think they, I think they did it in both. They, one they one way or the been. other. I think it started in the collection of the books, and then it translated into Dark the Dark Horse the comic. comics having Star Wars, man. That was a good time. Yeah. But I think one of, the, one of the more memorable scenes, which has been done over a few times in the comics, was simply his fight with Darth Vader himself. Yes. He actually had a lightsaber, went toe-to-toe with Darth Vader for a while, before ultimately kind of getting force choke. But I mean... We knew he wasn't going to win about uh, win against Darth Vader, but the fact somebody without the command of the Force could even stand against him for even a second is well, I think, goddamn impressive. If, if I remember correctly, too, and please correct me um, in the comments below if uh, if if I am incorrect about this, but there were there were definitely major points in that fight where Boba Fett had the opportunity to like win it. I, I want to say. The opportunity being the vague reference. So there was an opportunity you know, where he could have finished Vader, actually, during that fight. Right. But then he wouldn't get paid. Well, and, and 
Because there's a reason why he's able to be force choked in that. I think he loses his helmet in that fight. No, because not yet. The, not when he was getting force choked. Well, then he wouldn't have been able to be force choked. Then they fucked up in the comic book. They did screw <laughs> up in the comic book, but it still ultimately happened. Because one of the main reasons for the the uh, Mandalorian helmets was actually a it's a dampening tool to prevent them from being able to be uh, manipulated by the force. That's why see, one of the re- remember... like you never see you never see a, another uh, bounty hunter get force choked or anything that's wearing one not of those completely. I, I I remember the Mandalorian armor, the Mandalorian cold steel armor being highly resistant to lightsabers and such like that. I don't ever specifically remember it being resistant to force abilities. Well, it, it's... So... They're higher trained, so they're, they're just... It, their resistance is up. They don't fall to mind tricks as much. Yeah, just, that, well, much well, so that much is true. So the the way that the at least in and this is this is me going into the, the force a little bit, but the way that the force choke is actually supposed to have like materializes, it's not it's not the push power. It's its own like manipulation of your mind causing you to stop breathing. So it's actually a manipulation power, not a physical. For- well, that's different. Then. That that, that doesn't have as much to do with the armor itself. Yeah. Then that well, it's the, it's with... the again the helmet again. It, it dampens mind control powers and well, mind tricking powers. And because again, force choke is actually more of a mental thing, backed by a physical entity of the force, but not actually. It's it's weird how it's actually explained in in the newer comics versus the older comics. Newer well, we, continuity versus older continuity. And that's definitely something I'm sure we can revisit in a future episode when we discuss the Force. But it, it, is, it is still an interesting little tidbit to that. But again, that's the reason why I have to go Boba Fett. I know it sounds vanilla, and you guys like no, to make fun actually, of me for I, that. I will not. I Boba will, Fett. I will not go the vanilla route because, again, he was indigestible, so obviously he's not vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, I can't hate on that pick mostly because of the fact that, yes, you're right. Boba Fett is basically a staple when it comes down to... He's the iconic image, as you've said, for bounty hunters in general. I, I think I just fell to Cad Bane because of the fact that, one, I think he's a very interesting character. He came out in a very interesting time for Clone he, Wars. He manages to do so much in that series, he especially ma- because he only shows up in the last, like... I want to say like maybe quarter of the of the remaining episodes because I I think he showed up midway through a season at one point. And well, then... the the thing that I like most about him is his the utilization of his gadgets and how handy he was. Yeah. Like the stuff that he used and the planning that went into his bounties to execute his plans was phenomenal to me. And for me, being someone who likes strategy and tactics and stuff like that. that that's why I was just like, oh, Cad Bane might not be the strongest, the fastest, or anything like that, but he's going to outsmart, like, even most bounty hunters. Well, he managed to outsmart most of the Jedi Council, hold the Republic Senate hostage yes. at one point. Like, Boba Fett didn't do that. You know what I mean? He did a lot in his short time being on the show, and in all honesty... I think he is considered to be one of the most effective bounty hunters as I would, far as I would, far I would as definitely go. I would definitely agree with that statement. But yeah, I, I definitely agree with that that whole part of like him he's so versatile, everything like that. I like versatility in a character. I like the the intelligence in a lot of characters. Um and I, I like kind of the accomplishments that you can clearly see within a series. Uh, that's kinda like why I like Sidious and such like that. But it, I just know, you know, Mike, you would play a crap ton of uh, KOTOR back in the day. 
And one of the coolest factions there was was, you know, all the, the bounty hunter factions and stuff like that that they really unfolded with the Iridonian race that they, they brought, that they were kind of really bringing up for for the bounty hunters and all the Mandalorians that they talked about and everything like that. So the, even, even in the video games, Star Wars has put this really big emphasis on bounty hunters. Well, I would have to say... Being a bounty hunter, just to further point out, you know, the whole thing with Cad Bane, it, yes, he definitely was probably the most effective, but being able to adapt to the situation, being able to plan, to strategize, to be able to outthink, outwit, and ultimately take down your target is a big part of being what a bounty hunter is, which makes yeah. them one of the most fearsome professions within the galaxy, next to, of course, you know, either Jedi or Sith. But even Jedi or Sith have been known to be a little, at least, intimidated. By bounty hunters. And you, you see that in, like you mentioned before, John, a lot of different forms of media, such as, you know, Knights of the Old Republic. You have Kalinord. I mean, he he didn't really have as big of an impact as he could have, but just even his introduction was still badass. Like, you see, like, a group of four or five thugs, and they're just like, there's only one of you, and there's plenty of us. Can you not count? And he goes, one. And he's like, why, why are you counting? Are you counting, like, your odds here? And he goes, two. And then he's like, I don't understand. Like, are you just that eager to die? And then he goes, three. And that's, bah, 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 bah. You just like, he just throws down like this flashbang. He did a snake pliskin. Okay? Yeah, exactly. He did a snake yeah. pliskin. Okay, yes. If you want to simplify We're going to fire when the can hits the ground. <laughs> throws up the can. <laughs> fires, <laughs> kills everybody. And like, that, and was, that was just so cool. He but pulled a snake pliskin. Even just another game. So like, uh, again, I could probably even dedicate an entire cast and almost did with our MMO podcast to Star Wars Galaxies. That was kind of the profession you went for if you couldn't make it as a you know a Jedi or Dark Jedi. Well, and that's a very good point. And when you look at a lot of things, whether it has to do with tabletop video games or anything like that, realistically, the counter to a Force user is normally a Jedi. I know, like, people, well, what about a soldier? Or, I'm sorry, uh, is a, a bounty hunter. The soldier class or anything like that, okay, they have their tricks, they have this, that, and the other. But because, like in tabletop, the favored enemy style of thing, that that rogue feel of it, a bounty hunter is basically going to be able to track and kill a Jedi or a Sith easier use than any other thing. And that was a really cool mechanic in Star Wars Galaxies because, and I'm really sad that more games don't implement this in the current state of times, is if you... You know, went around doing different force powers. You know, this was still during the time of A New Hope. This was still during the time where Jedi were supposed to be, and just forces in general were supposed to be kind of dead, not around. So if you went around using your force powers too much, the game actually put an actual bounty on your head that other players, bounty hunter players, can collect on. Which actually led to a funny story once as I was working my way towards force sensitivity. Uh, I was helping out a friend who was working for the Imperials, and it was against, unfortunately, uh, one of my own rebel- uh, people within the rebellion. And the way housing works is, you know, you, no, nobody can walk in unless, you know, you invite them or you allow them. So that made it so this bounty hunter, my friend who was a bounty hunter, could not actually make it into this person's house. But he really wanted to collect on this bounty. So I went ahead and lied to the poor fellow. And I'm just like, hey, yeah, because he wanted it, whispered to me. He's like, hey, I saw you out there. Is that guy gone? I'm like, yeah, yeah, man, it's cool. Come on, come on out. You know, it's, the coast is clear. Comes out and gets completely murked by my friend uh, who's playing as the bounty hunter. So, I mean, that's just the kind of stuff that, I mean, of course it's not as comical or as kind of lackluster in the in the comics or just other forms of media. But that's kind of the funny things that kind of happen. 
when you're playing KOTOR or anything like that, and you ha- you have all these different choices, whether it be l- not just being light side and dark side and stuff like that, but you have the ability to, of course, choose those professions and go about. I think that when it came down to the video games, when it came down to tabletop, when it came down to everything like that, having those options, mixing in force powers or being a bounty hunter, like those were, there was always really cool things. I remember... Back in the day when, uh, you know, when, not back in the days, but obviously when we would play certain Star Wars RPG tabletop games, a group of us, we started to play basically from a Mandalorian tribe. Okay? Yeah. And we were basically all bounty hunters and stuff like that, but because of the tribe, we were we were picking our jobs within it and stuff like that. We were called Clan Kendosai, and, oh man, I'm trying to remember what that translated to. I want to say that means, uh, like terror or conquer something along those lines. Because, something edgy well it really is because uh the, the, we were high school edgelords back then oh, i know that's what i'm saying absolutely like it was great but I, I don't know if you know or not which this was the other thing we found that out uh, or we we decided to go with that name for the clan name and also we realized too the mandalorians make a ship called a kandosai class dreadnought Oh, hey, that works out. Yeah, so it's like, hey. oh, we were trying to use that stuff. I think it was in a different era, but, you know, we, we were doing that. Uh, we, we had a good time. We, we we all designated different styles of how we wanted our bounty hunter stuff to be. So we had the, the dual wielders, the, the, the people who were fisticuffs, you know what I mean? The people who were snipers and uh, slug thrower users and stuff. This was a big game. We, we had, like... Like almost eight people in this tabletop game playing all members of the Kendosai clan. And I played um, a person who I went like almost classic bounty hunter. So it was just like you take bounty hunter class, you take like scout and like soldier. Okay. And the reason why you take soldier and stuff like that is for the tactical feats. Okay. So you take some of that stuff, you round it off. And I played more or less like your, your leadership one. So it was. Political, tactical, there you go. Shock. Yeah, right? <laughs> hey, listen, I, you're pushed into what your friends want you to do under the tones, okay? <laughs> but we, 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 in the game, we were conquering major territory. We were doing a lot of different stuff. And we actually, because at, at what point in time are you going to like start to do anything else? We had feats left over. We started to get force powers just to make it worse. (laughs) You know? So, I I love the tabletop games when you you can do stuff like that. No, I mean, that's really why I... When we finally got around to doing Will's unfortunately short-lived Star Wars game, that's where I I think maybe... I've lived some of those. You've only experienced it. I, I, we were I, born in I, it. I did, that's what I'm saying. I dipped my toes in it, and I really wish we had uh, more time or opportunity to really get in that game. Because, you know, I, I went with with Jedi, but I'm really thinking I, I probably would have had more fun doing Bounty Hunter. Because that's always kind of my go-to, if not going a Jedi of some sort. Bounty my, Hunter's fun. My, my typical go-to is being the pilot. <laughs> no, yeah. that's what you went with, too, that time. Yeah. yeah. Well, Most of the time I, that I'm happens. almost always the pilot. <laughs> to, to tell you the truth, I think I think in some of the campaigns, it was always like you and Jeremy being the pilot. Me, I've always done the tactical leadership role. Yeah, you've either always either been like the noble or the the scout, and then so like somebody who's either ahead of us <laughs> or in the back of us that has all the money. 
Fair. I think <laughs> I probably would have rolled something along the lines of a, a bounty hunter that was more of like a, an engineer or tech tech based. I've done that too, but not as a bounty hunter. There was a time that's where Will's typical go to is to be like the, the tech specialist support type character. Well, there there was a good period of time too that my my thing was doing like an engineer, but that's because I was doing like explosive experts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that uh, I love doing. Explosive expert stuff. That, that's always fun. And I, I actually created in another game when we did... Uh, I was playing a bounty hunter, um, and I modeled him almost exactly off of uh, Cad Bane. So, like, things in engineering, in a sense, to do the tactical bombing, but still have, like, scout features to where you're very, like, nimble and just getting in and out of combat and stuff like that. Because, again, that's what the Bounty Hunter is all about. It's, again, being able to adapt those kind of situations, being able to... You may not be able to go ahead and match the strength of of some people or even be able to go ahead and, in the case against a Force user, be able to, you know, outmight them or outmatch them, but you can outthink them or you can go ahead and they can be literally outgunned. Right. So one one of my more... Prevalent games involve this all playing bounty hunters, or you, Brian, and Will all playing bounty hunters, all uh, playing you being brothers, John, not but, me, unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> we. I think we played the the uh, Iridonian slash. Uh, uh, is that the one you're talking no, about? No, it was it was the three Keldor brothers. Oh, Keldor, oh, that's right. It was the Keldor. You were the slug thrower. Brian had the like. He was uh, the dual wielder. He he was dual wielding, but he also had like stun rods or something. Yeah, because he had something that he had like with electricity. That's all I remember. He loves electricity. And, and Will had like the long rifle. Yeah, he was the sniper. Yeah, he was the sniper. So it, it was great because I had the the slug thrower weapons. I was just like keeping it old school, you know, keeping it with and, uh, and some light. It, it literally like each of them were it was a different class, but the thing was is that it. I set them up to kind of just be bounty hunters because it was, it's also a narrative motivator because when, when you don't really have much of a story to work with and because we were just kind of like, Hey, we wanted to play a game, blah, 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 blah. Didn't have much of we anything. We didn't put really together. use a system. You were kind of winging most of that stuff for I, a well, system. Well, I wanted to, I wanted to play a more narrative driven game because I had seen at that time a lot of more narrative driven games and it like, we had combat roles, but we didn't have a lot of them. And a lot of it was just, you know, numbers! Yeah. You guys just shot everything in the face and that was the end of it. Yeah. I shot everything in the face. Yeah. Brian beat it with a stick. <laughs> you beat it down, then you shot it in the face. Yeah. If you didn't shoot it in the face first. Yeah. Sometimes it's no, not in that exact order. First off, <laughs> Will, so Will would see me and, like, I'm trying to get closer to get something in range. Brian would also be doing the same thing so he could run up and hit them. Will would just be the asshole in the back being like, no, got him. <laughs> got him. <laughs> just like if he's, a, you know, freaking uh, re-chambering around for a sniper. Got him. Oh, you guys wanted that one? Got him. <laughs> that was the one time where Will wasn't playing a support character and he was a dick because he 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 killed everything. <laughs> he he, just, kill he took all the glory. When, when we were like in a fight against something, you know, you're you're a couple of bounty hunters and you all have your different specialities and you're trying to go up against this stuff. And of course, like I said, with bounty hunters, you have this this creative ability to then tell a story where you're a bounty hunter, but you could be a hero or a villain or anything like that. And then you you have these accesses to, you know, in D&D or anything like that, you want to have these epic 
boss fights. Yeah. You know? And me and Brian would try to go in there and, and try to, like, I would be shooting at it and doing some suppressive fire or whatever like that. Brian's trying to hit him with his staffs or swords or whatever he was doing. And then we would just be like, well, we know Will's going to take it out in a shot, so let's try to have as much fun as we can before he finish aims, puts in a new chamber, and fires. <laughs> like, that's all it was back in the day with those. Yeah, it, it ended up becoming, like, one, we did it, like, the setting was in a city, and a lot of it ended up becoming, like, rooftop battles. So, Will kind of had the edge in that, just because yeah. he could stay on the one rooftop while you and Brian had to essentially jump from rooftop to rooftop. Power scaling that game, though, you, you, you went hardcore with power scaling in that game. Well, because I, I knew what I, I knew what I had kind of built as antagonists mm -hmm. so i ended up being like i think i threw you a gun that did like an extra like d8 of damage at mm -hmm. one point because i was like you guys just need to be able to keep up because i've got guys with lightsabers coming after your ass and their their damage does scale on level because that was bad that was the um when yes that when was Jedi... uh d20 every it was like every other level or every like Three levels Every three or, or four like levels, that. Jedi's any Force user got an additional D eight of lightsaber damage. Yeah, if they wield a lightsaber, more damage. So they were like melee monks. Yeah. Yes. And that but was it was horrible. disgusting. Well, melee weapon monks. Because you're looking at, I think at like at level twenty, they're rolling like eight D eight. Ouch. Yes, that was a lightning bolt in base D D. But I want you to know in that in that same game though bounty hunters were still scary to go against jet like oh i'm sure because again that is the one constant you will see or at least that we've seen in almost every medium when it comes well, to star wars well it's 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 the it's the sniping damage it's the the equivalent rogue damage well, yeah, they're it's just they're the, just so versatile the, the, the big thing was is that in in that favorite in that, enemy well one they got favorite the enemy. they got the favorite enemy which was an additional um like plus 2 to hit plus 2 to damage Every, like, three levels. And then they had their uh, precision strike, which was essentially right. sneak attack damage, because it was an extra D6 per, right. like, two levels. So, there was... You, you would have bounty hunters with a blaster rifle that would... And, and the thing is, is you couldn't go... You, obviously, you didn't go... Bounty Hunter wasn't a base class then. It was, no, it was, a, it was one of those... It was a 10-level class, 10-level prestige class, and you could get to it before level 10... I think you could you could prestige into it by level six. Yeah, it was, if I remember, it was, it, or it you had to be easy, it or was you like, yeah, or you had to be level six, and then your seventh level yeah. could have been bounty hunter, something like along those lines. Yeah, it was it was it was a relatively easy class to get into, but it only had ten levels, and again, it didn't have sneak attack. It had precision strike, which was you whatever your target is is your precision strike target. So yeah. it was just automatic additional damage mm -hmm. every single time you fire. And it it worked, it, it worked rather well. But it would only it would only go off on your first full attack of a round. So whatever got your highest attack dice was the was your precision strike target. So you couldn't do what Jedi could do, which was every single time they swing the lightsaber, it's an extra d you know. Right. Well, that was the thing. What was it? It was, it was basically in that system, you were either going to stun lock a, a force user. Or you were gonna kill him within a few shots before he gets to you. Yeah, it, it was all about it was all about not letting them close distance. All about 
knowing how to take them out with things that they can't they cannot block. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the big things was Jedi were terrible against AOE damage. So if you had grenades, oh my god. Yeah. I mean, that kind of makes sense. I mean, as badass of a Jedi, or for Force user in general, as you are, if you're unprepared and somebody kind of throws a grenade right under your feet, well, you're, you're, you're in trouble, they, at least. They, they, they've always said it. The two things that are really um, crazy against, going against Jedi, or like really good weapons against Jedi, is AoE damage and shielding. Shielding has always been an expert thing against that. Now, bounty hunters, I don't, I can't recall, and I could be wrong, but I can't recall too many bounty hunters who have the ability to have like portable shielding and, and kind of utilize that way. Most bounty hunters are like, no, I'm not dealing with that. So they, they, if they have a, a Jedi bounty, they're normally doing what Will was doing, which was hang back and fire. Well, the other thing is, I think they got access to the uh, depleting strike or whatever it was called, where if they if they if they made a uh, an attack roll that was that would normally hit, but was either evaded or blocked by uh, force power, it drained your more your force energy more than it than a normal right. like attack would do but either way i look at it this way it just brings further to a point like one there's a lot of mechanics in D and stuff like that that have to do with uh bounty hunters but the other thing is the creativeness that you can do anything for a story you can run your own syndicate you can take out tons of battle or uh and you just live the life of a, a bounty hunter you can be on one side of the war. You can be on the other side of the war. You can do what you need to, which is what's going to be really interesting when it comes down to the Mandalorian itself. Uh, I think, and I know I've been killing this verse the entire time from last week to this week. I am just really generally psyched about the, the opportunities the for this show. Yeah. What direction are they going to take? You know... Who are they going to put into it? What surprise things? What other bounty hunters? What what's the what's the I, deal? I, I have I have, but it, like it, for real, it, it's one of those things. Like, how is that going to happen? No, absolutely. I mean, that's the one thing I'm excited about. Because so you were talking about like who's your be- favorite favorite bounty hunter? That's the question you asked. Funny thing is, I, I, maybe I, I'm kind of jumping the gun here, but uh, or I'm shooting first. Whatever joke you want to uh, use. Good job, Han. But uh, not a bounty hunter. Yeah, but I, I really generally feel like after we see The Mandalorian, this is the vibes I'm getting from it, I think our, our answers might change to where it may be Pedro Pascal's character. I think it definitely has the, the makings of, of being... Yeah, that. Oberon since, Martell is a killer in this. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, since we, we're not getting the Boba Fett movie, and it's more likely never going to get made, this is absolutely, like again, the next best thing. And it's great, not only from just that bounty hunter standpoint, but also, like you said, being able to see the kind of culture and how you know Mandalorians work. So I got a question about that, and this is kind of a side rant before we get back into information about the the, the Mandalorian. One, I know that they've released uh, information about uh, a new episode in 2020, 24, and 26. Is that a true trilogy, or is it going to be three separate movies after a break? The other bad news that we got was the fact that Disney is going to be putting out another four uh things of avatar and i think that sucks balls uh but back onto the main subject do you think that's going to be another trilogy or is that going to be three other independent films i feel like it's going to be a trilogy and i mean we've already had some talk about them really being interested in the old republic era that older era 
So I, I think there's a very strong chance, even though it may not be Revan, which I know we've mentioned this before, and it's always going to be mentioned wherever we mention Revan, Brian would lose his mind. Yes. But I definitely think if they are going to go that route, it will be another trilogy. It will not be three separate films. Because I think anything you do in the Old Republic is going to take a lot more time than just a single film to really kind of show that timeline and the conflicts that kind of transpired during that, that period. No, that is fair. I, I think it's very possible for them to do an Old Republic uh, scenario for the next trilogy. And it would get away, obviously, with the Skywalker lineage. Oh my god. So, I, sorry, go ahead. The one thing that I, I, I kind of wanted to mention since the talk of the Mandalore and now even going into the, the this uh, talk about the Old Republic, the one thing that we did not see with the new trilogy that I was really hoping we were going to see... Um, I even mentioned this to you a while back, John, when we first saw the first teasers for um, whatever the first, uh, Last Jedi, or not Last Jedi, what was the Force one? Rise of Skywalker. Force Awakens. Oh, okay. Um, no, this trilogy. Okay. This, this trilogy. So, back when the first, the, the first Order appeared, I had said, it looked to me as if they were leaning towards Black, a, Suns. A Black Suns and Empire mix for the First Order. And that's what I was kind of hoping for. Because, one, we haven't seen a syndicate yet. We have not seen a true syndicate yet. We have not seen the Black Suns. We have not seen... Um, I'm trying to remember the other like major one that existed during... Zarn Consortium? The Consortium. Um, like... We've gotten the games. Swoop game. Well, I mean, technically, the biggest, the biggest, the biggest, um, the biggest consortium group that we've had that's outside Black Suns and stuff like that that is apparent throughout it is the Huts. Like their their crime syndicate is so massive it has its own sector. Like that's that's really the only thing that we've ever seen. We've never really got to touch, like you said, the Black Suns or the Zorn Consortium, unless it was in novels or video games. Yes. Those have almost constantly been relegated to the video games. I think too. the Consortium has been relegated almost completely just to the the computer games, right? Um, I don't I don't, remember I being... don't think they got mentioned when Because Black Suns did get mentioned in Clone Wars. Yes, but they've, all, uh, they've also been mentioned... Like, it, Black they, Suns, got men they got mentioned in Solo, too. Yeah. yeah. Because of Maul. Yep. Yeah. So, so I, I I don't think Zorn Consortium has been mentioned anywhere outside of video games. I I, I could be wrong. It could have appeared during the likely. Clone Wars saga, like during the Clone Wars series. I only remember it in in literally the the PC game, um, not Empire at War. I forgot um, which one it was. It's been a while since I played it. Well, it, I know they were mentioned in Empire at War because that's Maybe the, that's the uh, RTS game. Yes. Because that's when you could also get some of their starfighters and stuff like yeah. that. The, the, yeah. I think it were the Raptors, yeah. the Raptor class um, starfighters. But either way, like um, the syndicates, everything like that. There, there's a good I, chance I would, in I would Mandalorian that. See, yeah, I would love to see in the Mandalorian like the Black Sun show up, the Zorn Consortium show up. Well, Him that, not just work for the Huts. They, because if he just works for the Huts, I will be annoyed. So do, do you want to know what I actually think is going to kind of do it? I, I think that they want to save something that they were working on with Solo. And I think the saving grace that happened in Solo was at the very end, spoilers, uh, when Maul was kind of introduced. Which, this plays into what you're, what you're yeah. kind of speaking of with bringing in the Consortium. If, if you're building a new character archetype and you're bringing in all this aspect of stuff, and I, well, mm, no, it wouldn't work chronologically. 
he's already dead at that point. This Maul Mandalorian Maul Maul would be dead. So my my theory is already wrong because it's five years <laughs> after it's five years after Return. So Maul but the syndicates could still be around. I mean, just because Maul's dead well, doesn't the, the mean the, the syndicates outlived the Empire. Yeah, yeah. that's what it, I'm saying. Because they went in, the Black Suns. Black. Well, okay, Black Suns outlived the the. Classic original empire. Uh, okay, first off, because don't forget, in Legacy Era, it ends with the Empire. It does not end in a Republic. So, yeah, get yourself. Um, <laughs> but that's a, that's a different Empire than the it, was, it started from the remnants of the Empire. No, it did. The Ronin fell Empire. Okay, I, that's a different conversation. <laughs> I'm about to do. <laughs> Boy, let me tell you, no, Imperial I, lore. <laughs> I, I, I know, John. I'm just saying. The classic empire, the empire era, Sidious's empire, Sidious's empire ended. It also restarted after the shadow of the empire. Like, (laughs) don't forget, he was gone. They split into the remnants, and then when Sidious came back, it rebirthed and retied together the empire. Well, but the the empire has never truly been gone. Hey, that kind of sounds like what might happen in Rise of the Skywalker. Don't get me excited. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, when it comes to the Mandalorian, like you were saying, there's there's a there's a lot they can do with this story. And just like you said, Mike, when it comes to bounty hunters, they themselves usually don't have much of a story of their own, at least not from the beginning. Usually, there's going to be events that kind of put them into this bigger picture. And I think that's one of the more exciting things. And in regards to even like what we might see, you guys are talking about like seeing you know the consortium and seeing the different syndicates. What I'm really excited about, especially because we're getting you know this Mandalorian. Culture, Narshada. Like, well, besides Narshada, <laughs> yes, absolutely, that'd be amazing. Uh, I'm actually more excited as far as the culture, even just learning about their past. If they even at least once mention the Mandalorian Wars of the Old Republic, and making it. that canon, I would lose my mind. Especially if they're going to use that as if, kind of okay, a tie-in to no, the no, three no. movies. If they're going to mention, if they're going to mention the Mandalorian Wars, blah 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 blah, they will impress me if they mention the. And I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly or not. The the tongue, the original species of the Mandalorian. They ain't gonna fucking mention that. No, they won't. That would be amazing. It would they, be, but at least give us you know. They, they no, talk they talk them. about this is where you came from. This is our people. They came from Coruscant before it was known as Coruscant. They predator looking motherfuckers right here. Okay, and then they <laughs> created like, this, uh, uh, like uh, that. Heart attack. <laughs> like give, explode. Give an actual legends. Give a legends explanation of the Mandalorian people, and then you're like, then it became a whole bunch of humans who just like to raid and fuck around. This is your people. <laughs> like, <laughs> that would be it was so great. But and then you came along. <laughs> Such war conquering great people. Mandalore the Indomitable. Mandalore the Ultimate. And then you. <laughs> Mandalore the Oberon Martell. <laughs> Mandalore the Sand Viper. <laughs> but see, no, but that's why I was getting excited. That's why I, I was really about to just completely just knock Mike out and just t- take over the conversation. Because to be able to see the Je- the conflict of the Republic and the Jedi of that time, the Old Republic, going against you know the full force and fury of the Mandalorians I, I at that time, I, I think would be uh, uh, just something we've not seen really on screen in a Star Wars film. As far as I an think epic that would be a great thing for the movies. I don't know with with where this show is going to be taking place. 
I don't know if they would ever go that far back in lore. They might uh, I not, think but the it, concentration for this show is, is that really time this time period, and it's the lead-up, and it's going to kind of be a lot of We're that We're going to get introduced gap. to the beginning of the Resistance. We're going to get introduced to exactly. where the, the, first order. the First Order shows up. We're going to see it, what the Stormtroopers are doing post-Empire falling if apart. You don't, Getting killed by the First Order if, and Remembrance of the Republic. If you don't like to read books, this is basically their way... I like how John's staring at me. He's saying that. (laughs) If you don't like to read books, Anthony. (laughs) Read a book. Yeah. (laughs) If you don't like to read books, Anthony, then this is, this is a, a perfect way to capture the outside view of rebels, like that, that outside non main storyline view and main character view of what's going on with the Skywalkers. The Skywalkers. Okay. <laughs> and, and put a in-between of, hey, this is what's literally happening in-between uh, Return of the Jedi all the way up to Force Awakens with having almost like a civilian view. But not a civilian view. Because you're a bounty hunter. And you're going to be able to take these jobs and you're going to get more intel and know more of what's going on than the regular person for that era. And it's going to be a chaotic area. It's going to be a wild area. Because you have the fall of one, the rise of another, and then a rise of a third. You know what I mean? Like, you have this this era that's going to be really unique for what they're doing. And doing five years after Return of the Jedi, I think, is a really good placement for where they're going to be doing this with. It's it's going to be a very interesting love triangle, or hate triangle, as it were, to, to see put to film. And honestly... I think this series, if they if they do it correctly, could be the best bridge that they, they that they build. Because the thing is, is Rogue One was good. That was fantastic. All right, maybe that's a little strong, but it was it was really good. That's hey, where I'll go with it. Listen, I, I'm I'm on record for saying I I hate Rebels. I I loved Rogue One. You know what? Rogue One, best prequel movie ever. I can say that for oh sure. Oh my god, yeah, you're, okay. you're, no problem. Fuck I have yeah. no issue saying that. Right, you heard that first from Ready Comics Roll. We admit that Rogue One, best prequel ever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's a unanimous decision yes. right here. Good that, point that, in that. That is, that is super rare for all of us to so <laughs> like, strongly, as one, make yeah. a statement like that. Are you one with the Force and the Force is with you? Yes. <laughs> On that statement? Yes. <laughs> so, and then... Solo is not the greatest bridge, but honestly, I I didn't hate it as much as you did, Anthony. I don't oh, think I, I hates dislike is, it. hates hates a strong word, okay. but I don't think I dislike it. It's not strong enough. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I disliked it as much as either of you. And honestly, I don't. I didn't see what you had given me the argument of like Solo being a terrible pilot. He crashed one ship. Other than that, I didn't like the actor who played Solo. I wasn't a huge fan of him, but honestly, I think he did a a good enough job. Because, honestly, I love Harrison Ford, but Han Solo is not a is not a three dimensional character up until I want to say uh, After Force Awakens. <laughs> up until Force Awakens, he's really not a three dimensional character. No, he he had quite a bit of growth in between. You know, Empire Strikes Back up until Frozen and Carbonite. <laughs> Until Frozen and, and Carbonite. And then, and then thought oh, out. Then he was really three-dimensional. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's fair. But uh, honestly, like, I, lo- I love Han Solo as a character. And I do love Harrison Ford as an actor. 
Again, I don't think Han Solo was the biggest leap. Well, okay, maybe I'm being a little bit overdramatic when it comes down to Solo. I didn't think it was good, but I don't think it's the worst piece of trash I've ever seen. Um, and, and again, I think that that's a fair statement. Between don't don't squint at me, Squinty McGee. I'm just I'm just thinking because I'm really trying to compare it to. I, I would actually say that I probably think that it is worse than Attack of the Clones, the movie. So it's worse or it's better than no better. Sorry, better than it's, it, it, right. It, so Attack of the Clones is better. It's still, so. better. it's still better than the other two prequels. Right. Yeah. It, it's 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 literally better than some of the other prequels. That's why I was squinting because I'm thinking about it and I'm just mulling over. I'm like, no, you're right. It isn't the worst. The worst it still has to go to Attack the Clones. I mean, it, it doesn't quite beat out the last ten minutes of uh, Phantom Menace. Like, it's not but... as worse. It's not as worse as like Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like Jar Jar Binks. But like, it's always going to be the the. And, the and honestly, honestly, look at what we got out of Solo. We got there Woody was a Harrelson. lot of there was a lot of we got Woody Harrelson's character in that yes. in that movie, which was phenomenal. The supporting cast alone in that movie between Amelia Clark, Woody Harrelson, Donald Glover, the voice of the robot. <laughs> no, that, that is was fair. A, I no, can't remember the, her name, but the voice of the robot. <laughs> yeah, the, the the what they did. The there were certain aspects in Solo, and I know we're kind of going way off bounty hunter stuff, but uh, the, there were aspects in Solo that were really good because honestly, like I can't think of almost anyone to play this new transition and, and just of think Lando about it this way. With Mandalore, yeah. we get to see even more people from HBO shows get on to Star Wars. But that's what I'm saying. No, I, that's why I completely agree with you. They're eventually just going to have the entire cast of Game of Thrones in Star Wars. I they be, will get there. I, would I wouldn't be surprised. surprised. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I, I just... Kit Harrington is going to play something. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, he's gonna he's gonna be he's gonna be the replacement actually, for Ben for Ben Solo. You know who's probably who might actually like get a role in Mandalorian. Who's been doing a phenomenal job on Netflix and everything else? It's the guy who played Rob Stark. Well, oh, I, I, yeah. from what the I, guy who played yeah. Rob Stark is getting work. Like he's been doing some of this other stuff, but he's been getting like a lot of notoriety for his acting. Like it would not surprise me if he went into a Disney project and this was the Disney project that he got into. They probably and, haven't played a noble. Well, he's been doing a, a lot. No, of but stuff. the thing is, I get to, I, I want to see him play a bad guy. Well, since you brought up since you brought up uh, Netflix, actually one of the one of the uh, kind of not I won't call this a spoiler. It's one of the it's one of these like he was approached. He went to casting for it. We don't know if he got the part or not. But the Mandalorian's pr- antagonist may actually be John Barenthal, which would make you happy, I think. <laughs> From Punisher. No, no, I no, I, that was not the look of who is that. That was the look of oh my god, that would just be amazing to see, you know, Punisher yeah. in Star Wars universe. I was gonna say everything he's been doing from Shane everything to he Punisher turns to gold. Well, yeah, like he 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 has done uh, really good. Like that would be another actor that you could put in this that I think he would, that would completely be really fit great in for. that whole underworld CD yeah. or just any of the interactions are more likely going to happen to Mandalorian. I, I don't know if we're going to see him see him or if it's going to be him in a lot of prosthetics and makeup or something. I don't know if he's playing a human. I don't know if he... Or again, if he's even in it. Or if he's even in it yet because, I, again, they didn't release No, we don't. we don't know enough about what... It, that's why it's kind of fun right now to kind of speculate. speculate. What, what are they going to do? What are I they think that would be do? a great casting choice. I think he's someone 
someone that, well, you know, he's already worked in Marvel, thus worked in Disney, so he would translate properly, you know. No, uh, but absolutely. But that's the one thing, again, we're, we're all agreeing, like, kind I'm, of oddly, I'm, far too much. But I was going to say, no, to what you were saying, Mike, this is a great opportunity Peter to Dinklage work Peter Dinklage could bridge. finally be in a <laughs> oh, Star Wars movie. <laughs> Peter Dinklage could go I, over I, I, it. Like, I, I, I think he's wanted to be in he, a Star Wars he's movie. Gonna, he, he's going to be an astromech droid. He's get oh he's gonna be the new artist. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just no, saying. I was I was hoping he was gonna be a bartender. <gasps> no, even better. What if he's an Ewok bounty hunter? <laughs> Darth Ika Chica Chew. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix and Disney has been hearing my stories of the Darth Ika Chica Chew. Come on, man! That that happens actually in the Old Republic, not the uh, the Star Wars. Uh, first the off, Republic. first off, the there, MMO there's... you actually can get a bounty hunter uh, Ewok. Ewok. Yeah, no, there's been Sith. Ewoks. Yeah. I'm just letting you know. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yes. And I'm not talking about my. No, I'm not even talking about that. There's in in, in some of the um, credited books for tabletop and stuff like that. Mm. They actually show uh, Sith Ewoks. Yeah. It's a it's well, a Ewok. Dark, I thought it was just a dark side Ewok. It was a dark. No, it was a Sith Ewok because That's... robed in black, red lightsaber. Oh yeah yeah yeah. It was a Sith Ewok. Yeah. Because okay. one of the one of the uh, one of the uh, storyline characters for the uh, D twenty revisited or revised um, for D twenty Star Wars, one of the the characters was a uh, Force adept that was a uh, uh, Ewok shamans. Who, yeah, so he was, he was essentially shaman. an Ewok shaman, but yeah. he was leaning towards the dark side. I think he's the one who ends up becoming the the. But, Sith, the, but either way, I kind of digress. So when, when yeah. it comes down to the Mandalorian. I think your Mike, your your statement is probably absolutely right. They're probably going to try to get a whole bunch of people from Game of Thrones and stuff like that. Which, by the way, they stole a whole bunch of those people from Harry Potter. Okay, and they, they, that's all they do. These English actors and stuff like that. They cherry pick. Ron would be amazing in the Mandalorian. <laughs> okay, basically all the people that are super cutthroat and so you could put the Sand Snakes. In Mandalorian, and I guarantee you'd make it. They're work. all going to be Twi'leks. Oh my god, you <laughs> just made me so happy. <laughs> and with that being said, I think we are going to collect on our bounty. <laughs> so if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And if you're listening to us on one of our many different podcast providers, whether it be Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or even Spotify, we also have a YouTube channel that has a lot of great content on there as well. As proud members of the But Why Though podcast community, you can check out our latest episode along with many other great podcasts featured on that site. Make sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and any of the other social media listed down below. And head on over to our Discord channel so you can speak with the Ready Comics Troll crew and other rollers. You can tell us your favorite bounty hunter or some of the stories that you've experienced as a bounty hunter in any tabletop RPG. Don't forget to follow us over on Twitch for random live streams throughout the week. And don't forget to help us collect this month's bounty and head on over to our Patreon page and become a supporter today.